Setting goals is important for being ready for emergencies. It helps us to know what we need to do and gives us a plan. And the start of a new year is a good time to make goals for you and your family. Hey everyone, this is episode 771 of the Ready Your Future podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you prepare for a better future. It's all about loving your people, getting prepared, and living free. I'm Todd Sepulveda, a regular guy living in the suburbs who understands the need to be better prepared for the future. Hey, are you looking to up your preparedness knowledge in 2023? Don't spend time bouncing around the internet for the best preparedness content. Instead, sign up for the top preparedness articles and get them right in your email. For $5 a month, you can get the top preparedness articles from around the internet sent to your email weekly. You can choose to read them or drop them in the Pocket app and have them read to you as you go about your day. The Buy Me a Coffee link to the top preparedness articles is in the show notes. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode. I'm glad that you are hanging out with me here on this one. Hey, listen, I've been talking about the exclusive email group. I always talk about it, whether I'm doing a podcast, whether I am doing and uh, even reading an, or writing an article, uh, even doing uh, videos. I've, I've talked about the exclusive email group and people have uh, shown interest in it and like, hey, we want to get in. How do we get in? Well, I only open it up a couple of times a year. And so I am opening it up in, at the end of January. So the best way that you can know when it opens up is to sign up to be notified. So there is a link in the description or in the show notes that you can click on and you can be notified when I'm going to open that up. And it usually stays open for about a week. And then I close it down until the next time I open it up. But uh, if you're interested and you're like, hey, I'd like to get involved with other preppers and hear what they have to say and learn from them as well, um, this is the time to do it. So don't don't neglect going and signing up if you want to get more information. Hey, I want to give a big shout out to Mateo for buying me four coffees over at Buy Me a Coffee. And so I really appreciate that. It always makes a big difference when I see something like that. And it just, uh, it makes my day. So Mateo, thank you so much for doing that. Hey, I've been looking at or listening to Little House in the Big Woods. And so if you've been a, a listener for on the podcast, you know that I've been going through the chapters. I think this is chapter four. Um, it just It's one of those books that a teacher read to me when I was in fifth grade. And so just recently it's kind of come back up and decided just to listen to it again. Um, so if, uh, if you're listening to, or you're a new listener, so I'm, you know, Little House in the Big Woods uh, was written by Laura Ingalls Wilder and it's a children's book. But when you think about it, it has a lot of preparedness ideas to it because they were, you know, living very rural in, you know, homesteading basically. So this last chapter was on Christmas, and I think it's kind of funny, you know, bouncing it right off of Christmas here, and we're into the new year. Just a couple of takeaways from this chapter is that there was a big focus on food. And so they normally had, you know, food that they would eat, of course, you know, all, all throughout the year. And then when Paul normally would shoot an animal or whatever, or they would slaughter an animal, they would have, maybe that day they would have something extra, but then they would put a lot of it away. But for Christmas, that was the day where Ma was making a lot of pies and she was doing a lot of cooking to prepare for Christmas because Christmas, uh, I think it was quoted in there, only comes once a year. And so when family comes over, that's when they get to celebrate and they get to eat all the things that they normally don't get to eat. It was a special day. Now, in this chapter, family members came from um, 
from I can't remember exactly where they came from, but family members came and it was, I think, you know, we're talking about all the snow that happened, you know, on the East coast and New York and all that recently. Um, Laura makes a reference to the snow being so tall that it covered the door. Right. And so Paul had to uh, use a shovel to get to the barn, to be able to take care of the, the animals and things like that. And so there's a lot of snow on the ground and it's very cold and the family members come and they're very bundled up. And I get to that in here in just a minute. Um, the Christmas was very, you, you think about the, the basic Christmas gifts and how excited they were um, when they get their stockings. You know, they didn't have wrapping paper. They didn't do that. kind. You know, Christmas bags. They don't have that. They had a stocking and then all the Christmas gifts went into the stocking. So one of the things that everybody got was like mittens. Everybody got new mittens for the year. Uh, everyone got a stick of peppermint. And, and so, you know, you, you talked a little bit about the, the ways that different kids, like the, the boy, Peter, would just like just took a big bite out of it and just started chomping on it. Everybody else was licking their peppermint because they wanted to be able to make it last as long as possible. And then Laura winds up getting a doll. And, you know, it was just this one little doll. I think she called it Charlotte, if I remember correctly. And so anyway, that was that was the deal. And you think about how basic those gifts were and the focus on family and eating and being together and enjoying each other was so much more than we probably experienced today. The last thing was uh, it talked about how they bundled up to go home. So, you know, they stay overnight they enjoy each other. They eat breakfast, all that kind of stuff. And then they bundled up everyone to get into the sled to get back home. So it was just, you know, interesting in how everybody bundled up. And then you had the, uh, the Buffalo blanket that they had heated close to the wood stove so that it would be nice and warm so that when everybody would get into the sleigh, I mean, they were already warm and to get home, uh, to, uh, you know, to, to, for that ride to get home. So I thought that was interesting as well. Um, you know, we have all the, the clothes and all that kind of stuff. You think about how they had to be prepared to get all the way home from, from where they were traveling. And even if it's, you know, you get the sleigh and it's cold and all that kind of stuff, you, um, you know, it takes so much longer, you know, to, to get where you need to get to. So anyway, if you're interested in Little House in the Big Woods and maybe checking that out on Amazon, you can go to audiopreps.com. And I have links there to Little House in the Big Woods over on Amazon and Audible. Or you can go check out some of the other books that I recommend that I've read throughout the years. All right, guys. So let's go ahead and jump into our article of the episode. Uh, this article is actually one that I wrote and released on January 2nd. And so this is the third week of January. Um, I had some other like interviews and things that I released before this. But we are still sitting in January, and when we think about January, a lot of people think about their goals. You know, they create New Year's resolutions. I mean, I haven't done resolutions in years, but I think goals that are very valuable, that are important, would be your preparedness goals. So this article is entitled, Your Prep Goals for 2023. And so I wanted to read this one and reflect a little bit more, maybe give you some other things to think about, and hopefully you consider looking at preparedness or looking at what you're going to do in preparedness, because I do think that things are going to get crazy. I do think we're in for a ride. I do think that we're in a new world that we've ever experienced here. And I think it is smart to up our preparedness game. 
And so I wanted to share this, and hopefully you think it's important as well, to come up with some goals and to not just come up with some goals and, and, and hey, this, is, this would be nice, but to write down some goals and to see them through so that you can actually get to the end of 2023 and look back and say, man, I really made a lot of progress in my preparedness. So let's go ahead and jump into this one again. This is your prep goals for 2023, setting your prep goals for 2023. Let's jump into this one. Getting prepared isn't a one-time thing. Some would say it is a lifestyle, a commitment to a way of life. But new and seasoned preppers should understand the benefit of setting goals for their preparedness. The start of a new year is the perfect time to set prep goals for yourself and your family. Whether it's planning to start that garden in the spring, adding to your food storage, testing your bug out bag, evaluating the natural disasters that have happened in your area, or adding to your survival skills. You should be purposeful about moving into the new year. So why is goal setting important? Goals are essential for living a purposeful life. Having clear and well-defined short and long-term objectives and plans provides direction, focus, and purpose. It increases motivation to take action and encourages moving your preparedness forward in ways that won't overwhelm you. Setting goals also gives us a plan to work from, allowing us to make progress on the most important areas of your preparedness without spending time on activities that won't truly benefit us or our loved ones. They help us to measure progress as they provide tangible evidence of progress and growth. Having goals is key to being better prepared. So why do most prep goals fail? Most goal-setting plans fail because of a lack of proper planning and execution. People often set goals that are too ambitious and may lack the skills or resources to achieve them. Additionally, there may not be enough flexibility in the goals to account for unforeseen events. Without sufficient clarity and specificity in the goals, preppers may have difficulty focus on, focusing on the most impactful task. Lastly, if the goals are not realistic, they will be difficult to achieve. So how should you set up your prep goals? There are many ways and systems people have used over the years to set goals. In this post, I would like to share the PREP system. PREP stands for Purposeful, Realistic, Evaluative, and Producing. We will look at each of these areas individually. So PREP to be purposeful for you and your family. One of the mistakes that every newbie prepper makes is they don't know where to start prep planning. As a result, they make plans or purchases based on prepper articles, podcasts, or YouTube channels. Although these resources can give some really great ideas for your preps, they might not be purposeful for you and your family. To truly set objectives that are purposeful for you, you will need to spend some time to figure out what is necessary and important for your situation. Here are some big questions to ask yourself to keep you focused on your upcoming year. So there's three big uh, categories here that I just wrote questions for economy, safety and quality of life, and then general preparedness. So let's look at economy first. What is the economy like for my family right now? So remember, these are questions that you can ask yourself to help you figure out, hey, do I need to focus on these things? So again, what is the economy like for my family right now? Can I afford to live in this area? Will I be able to afford the rent or mortgage payments as well as other expenses such as groceries, utilities, and transportation in the next year? What is the job market like in this area? Are there job opportunities in my field or might I lose my job? 
what does my emergency fund look like and how can I save more money? So when we jump to the category of safety and quality of life, here are some questions that can help you focus. What is the quality of the schools in this area? What is the crime rate in this area? Is the area generally safe or are there high rates of crime or other safety concerns? What is the local climate like? Do you prefer warm or cool weather? And does the area offer the type of climate that you prefer? Are there parks, shopping centers, restaurants, and other amenities nearby that you enjoy or that might be important to you? Am I close to family and friends that I can lean on if times got bad? What natural disasters should I prepare for? Are the local first responders respected and funded by the city, county, and state? What has been the historical response to disasters for this area in the past? And what is the response to self-defense in my area? So the next topic and the last one is general preparedness. So how much water do I have on hand? How many days of food storage do I have? What do I have in terms of medical supplies? How would I defend myself from an attacker or a robber? Would I bug in or bug out? What would cause me to bug out? Where would I go if I had to leave my house? And what are my power needs? Although we all like the flashy tactical gear that we see all over the prepper universe, it is more important to take steps to prep for what can really get you better prepared. Do you really need another knife? Okay, don't answer that one. You know you have your eye on one you want to purchase. So then prep and be realistic with what you prepare for. One of the things that I have noticed and talk about a lot on the podcast and articles is the fact that most preppers like the sensational topics of prepping. For example, when I own prepper website or when I link to an article in the Saturday prep about EMPs or bugging out, I know those articles are going to get a lot of clicks. In reality, preppers should be clicking on articles like do this with $100 now or five ways to reset your prep readiness. Here is an important wake-up call. All right, guys, you are, you're not going to like this. I'm probably going to make some people mad, all right? But here, I'm, I'm just being very transparent, very real, very clear. So here is an important wake-up call. You won't be prepared for an EMP. The EMP commission predicted that 90% of the population of the United States would die in the first year after an EMP. Yes, you can have a one-year supply of food and water, but the world would devolve really quickly after an EMP. There's no way you can prepare for that kind of world. Listen, this is real prepper talk. So here's a quote, quote for the EMP commission. Mr. Baker, that's my understanding. Even though you don't get direct effects on biological, humans, the longest, the long-term term effects without the electrical power grid, we're talking about certainly within a year, you would lose at least half the American population. I have seen estimates as high as 90% of the American population would be at risk over a projected one-year period. So there is a link here to that EMP commission report if you want to go and check that out. So what is realistic is preparing for a hurricane if you live on the coast or adding to your food storage stockpile to save money in the long term since costs are going up. Starting a budget and adding to your emergency fund is something that is very beneficial too, but most won't think it is a cool prepper activity. 
And guys, I just, I'm going to break right here from the article. A lot of people have said, if you prepare for the EMP, you'll be ready for everything. And I, I understand that mentality. But if you're always shooting for that, you are going to miss the more important things like the hurricane, like losing your job, like someone getting sick. You know, those, those, you need to handle those things. If you want to prepare for the zombie apocalypse, fine, but make sure you get all that other stuff taken care of first. Those, those are the most important things. It'd be crazy. Like hey, I'm preparing for an EMP. So I've, you know, bought all these garbage cans and I have all my electronics in there, you know, and so I'm, I'm ready to go in case an EMP happens and then you lose your job but and you don't have you know food in the pantry, you know, and he's like, people are, what do you do? You're breaking into your EMP stockpile to sell it so that you can, uh, so you can have money to eat and stuff like that. So again, you know, the EMP, we prepare for the mo more practical things that can happen. And then if you want to get into the more sensational things, you want to get into the polar flip, you want to get into the EMP, you want to get into all of that. You know, that, that's a, that should be secondary, right? Um, so that's really important there. So I know I'm, I'm not going to make some people happy on that one, but hopefully you would take a little bit of time to reflect and, and realize that an EMP, that's really, really far out there. Not that it's not possible, but so many other things are probable that you should be preparing for first. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the next step, which is the E in prep, prep and evaluate your progress. So imagine working toward a goal, taking valuable time and spending your money, then realizing that you haven't made any real progress. This can happen when you don't evaluate your progress. There are some great advantages to taking the time to evaluate your prep progress. So one advantage is that you can identify where you're being successful. We prepare because we know our world is fragile. Prepping is important and can, at times, be a life or death situation. So, for example, if you need to get into your long-term food storage, you want your food to be edible and not full with pests. So, it is important to be successful in our preparations. Another important reason to evaluate your preps is to identify what is not working. You might have a goal of rotating your food storage using the first-in, first-out method, but if you never evaluate your canned food storage, you might not realize that your family members are pulling cans from the wrong place and leaving the oldest cans on the shelves. Taking the time to do a quick evaluation of your canned food will help to talk to your family members and adjust their actions. And lastly, taking the time to evaluate your progress will help you stay motivated as you see real results. This leads us to the final step in prep, and that is produce. So prep and produce a better future for yourself and your family. When you prep, you're investing in a better future for you and your family. You are taking a possible unpleasant situation and making it better or less uncomfortable. This part is hard for newer preppers because they might not have experienced a hard or uncomfortable time before. But seasoned preppers can also feel like their preparedness is all for nothing as they have been prepping for long periods of time and at the same time hearing all the sensational end-of-the-world scenarios that should have ended life as we know it. I would suggest that prepping is like insurance. You hope to never use it, but if you have to, you're sure glad you have it. I would also suggest that we are entering a very different world. It doesn't take a lot of poking around the internet to access alternative news sources and to hear about all the craziness in the world. Even if there is war over there, 
The actions and consequences have reaching effects to our country, politics, our supply chain, etc. Getting prepared takes present future mindset. You are preparing now, but it will pay off in the future. It's not about buying some cool gear, going camping, or surviving in the woods when the Russians invade. It is common sense. The thing of people who see the times they are living in and don't want to rely on the government or some other entity to come through for them. So that's prep. Now, I have some other tips to help you achieve your prep goals. The first one is get an accountability partner. Having an accountability partner in preparedness is invaluable. The best partner would be your spouse, but the reality is that most people who prep are solo preppers. The other side to this is that preppers are very quiet about their preps and don't talk openly about what they are doing to get better prepared. But finding someone to partner with will require getting out of your comfort zone and developing a relationship with others that you can trust. It can even be online. So I've seen this happen in the exclusive email group. We share through email, but there is a group that gets on Zoom every other Tuesday night. It seems to be the same people. Some turn on their mic and camera and others just listen or type with their cameras off. But meeting together on a regular basis allows us to get to know each other and ask questions and help each other out. Another tip is if you stumble, don't quit. Just start it back up. Have you ever known someone that has blown one of, the, one of their goals and just stopped moving forward because they feel they failed? A lot of the times that happens when we diet, right? This happens all the time. Don't let one setback keep you from moving forward to produce a better future for yourself and your family. If you find yourself in the middle of a setback, just adjust and pick your prep goals back up. Remember, your preps are bigger than a setback. Your family and their future depends on it. And then lastly, be flexible and open to adjusting if you have to. And the third tip is be flexible and open to adjusting if you have to. Lastly, just be flexible. Everything that is worth doing will require adjustment and work. As you learn more about emergency preparedness, you will realize that the goals you have starting out might not work as well as you thought. Being able to adjust is the sign of a mature prepper. So in conclusion, being prepared is a continuous process that requires commitment. Setting goals for preparedness is an important aspect of this process, and the start of a new year is the perfect time to do so. By being purposeful about moving into this new year with prep goals in mind, and that's PREP as the P-R-E-P, the capital letters, you can ensure that you and your family are well prepared for any potential challenges that may come your way. All right, guys, that is it for the article. Just let me just share a couple of things here on this one uh, before we end the episode. Uh, Again, just to recap, the steps in prep or in that prep system, the first one is to be purposeful. And it's really important because I know that I'm just speaking from experience because when I started in preparedness, I would just all over the place. I would go to the grocery store or I would go to Walmart or I'd go to, you know, a sporting goods store and I'd be thinking about the end of the world instead of what I was going to to get. And so I provided 25 questions that you can ask yourself or that you can work through to help you get purposeful about your preparedness, to get you focused in the right direction and not just, oh my gosh, I need to get all this stuff that so-and-so on YouTube said or this article said or whatever it might be. You want to make sure that you're purposeful for your preparedness, not somebody else's preparedness, but your preparedness. 
The other thing I said was, or the R in prep is to be realistic. And I talked about the EMP. Oh my gosh, stop with the EMP stuff, right? And I know people aren't going to like that, but you don't, you know, don't focus on the EMP. You don't need a bunker, right? If you have all, if you win the lottery, you know, and you're building your own, you know, fortress or whatever, okay, have a bunker, but don't get a bunker. Don't start planning on a bunker if you don't have a year's worth of food left or you don't have an emergency fund, right? You don't need 10 rifles. You can only shoot one rifle at a time or you have one for each family member or whatever you need. And you don't need 25 knives, you know? The other day I was about to push purchase on a knife that I thought was really cool. And I'm like, I was about to do it. And I'm like, I'm talking to people about not going overboard with what you have. I mean, I've got plenty of knives right now. You know, I got a knife for every family member. I got multiple knives for myself. I mean, all that kind of stuff. I don't need another knife. So it takes a little bit of maturity to say, you know what? That's so cool. I really would like it. It's a great price. It's on sale, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff that you that you normally do to talk yourself into it. But it's it's maturity to say, you know what? I really don't have a use for it. I can put that money towards something else, right? So it might be better to install a security system. You know, install a security system in your home so that you feel comfortable if things are going crazy. It might be better instead, instead of buying all that other junk, you know, you're purposeful about paying off credit card debt. And, I, and I'm telling you, moving into the world that we're moving into, I really do think that getting out of debt as much as possible, you know, not incurring more debt is, is really going to be important. So it would be a lot better to use that money instead of buying another rifle, another knife, you know, to, and you need to be, you need to self, have the self-defense in place, but instead of going overboard, then, then, you know, pay off your credit cards, or it might be better to put some more insulation in your home with fuel prices and energy prices going, going up. It might be a better deal for you to put some more insulation in your home or to, you know, change out some of the single pane windows and put some double pane windows. See that, that is real preparedness there there that is real thinking about the future and getting better prepared right there and then the third one was evaluate so if you don't evaluate you don't know how you are doing if you don't stop to look at you know what you have if you're just throwing junk into a closet if you're just throwing prep gear into your garage if you're just throwing you know buying cans of food you know, which a lot of the times you'll read people, you know, articles or people will say, even in comments, this happens all the time. When you go to the grocery store, if you buy one can of beans, buy two can of beans. If you buy one can of green beans, buy two cans of green beans. If you buy two bags of rice, buy four bags of rice, you know, and that's, I mean, and you can definitely use that, but there's no purpose to it. You're just adding to stuff. I think it's better to work off of a plan. That's why I have my food storage plan that I talk about. Or you don't have to use mine. You use somebody else's, but you're purposeful about what you're doing. And then the last one, that P there, is produce a better future. Guys, that's what it's all about. It's not about, you know, uh, you know, the romanticism of, you know, we watched the movie and we want to survive the end of the world. The, the, the truth of it is, is that you're building a better future for you and your family, for your kids, for your spouse, for your grandkids. And so, you know, that is the key. 
I I said, we're going to be moving into a world that we aren't used to. I don't think it's apocalyptic. I mean, eventually someday it will get there. Uh, Just if you're a Bible believer, you know that it's going to get there. But I'm not, you know, when I see the things on YouTube and I see all the sensational stuff on YouTube, YouTube, it's kind of like, look, um, that's not, that's not what we're prepping for in 2023. I mean, if you're in Ukraine right now and yeah, there's some, that's, that's a definitely some crazy stuff for you right there. That's a whole different situation. Are we going to experience that here, you know, in the United States? That's no, I don't, I don't think that's what it is, but we are going to feel some pain. And I think we're going to feel some economic pain. We're going to feel feel some some shortages. People are going to be stressed out. People are going to, you're going to just see wherever we've been right now, it's just going to increase. And especially as we get, I know there's a lot of winter going on. I know you guys in California are getting pummeled. I know those of you, uh, I mean, I was reading about, the, there's a, a lot of, somebody sent me an, uh, an article about the air mass in Siberia that is really super cold. And then if that comes down, that that could bring another, you know, polar vortex, right? Like we kind of experienced during, uh, during Christmas time where everything, you know, got, you know, froze over or whatever, but you know, we're going to be experiencing that we need to prepare for that. Right. And I'm not talking about the, that as a new world, I'm talking about the other craziness that's there, you know, shortages. And I know of people, and I've, I've mentioned this before who can't get their vehicle fixed because they can't get the parts in. So that's the kind of world that we're going to be in. And in people's, as, as we get out of winter and we go into spring, I think people's um, desire to uh, keep it all in is going to just, you know, that that appetite is going to be gone. And people are going to be like, we're, we're ready to start raging. And so you're going to start seeing things again. That's not a prediction. That is not, thus saith the Lord. That is just kind of the feeling that I have that you're going to you're gonna start seeing. And then um, I, I think we're going to get to a point where people will say, I, I miss the good old days of 2019, right? 2019, before, the, before everything kind of shut down and everything, I miss those days. I want to go back to, to those days. So again, you know, you're here at the very beginning of 2023. If you haven't taken any time to reflect and to set some goals, I think you can use this system to be purposeful, realistic, evaluate, and you're realizing you're producing, you're doing it for a reason. You're producing a better future for you and your family. Well, guys, like always, I'm going to link to this article in the show notes. You can go and I have a a bunch of other links in this article that you can bounce off into, including the EMP commission report. If you've never looked at that one. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 771. If you found this episode valuable, I would appreciate a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you haven't subscribed, make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And if you would like to support Ready Your Future, you can visit readyyourfuture.com forward slash support or check the link in the show notes. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you my blackout checklist to know what you should do before, during, and after the lights go out. And just referencing the stuff that I think we'll, we will see more of, I do think our, our grid is fragile, and I do think we will see more blackouts as we go. So you definitely want to have that in place. Having, having a blackout or the lights go out during the day, that's, you know, that's best case scenario because you can open up windows and get to everything you need to get to. But it, when it happens, you know, like nine o'clock at night when it's dark, you want to be able to get to your stuff. All right. With that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. 
Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.